Welcome to the Woodridge Baptist Church podcast. For more information about what's happening in the life of our church, visit our website at www.woodridge.org. Enjoy the podcast. All right, so as we turn to Psalm 23, uh, I ran into this some years ago. Edward uh, Roll uh, was talking to third and fourth graders at Wheaton Christian Grammar School, and they were asked to complete the following sentence. By faith, I know that God is... So that's, that's the prompt that the kids were given. And then you got to see some feedback from those kids that are third and fourth graders. Here's some of the things they said. By faith, I know that God is forgiving because he forgave in the Bible. And he forgave me when I went in the road on my bike without my parents. There's another boy named Brandon. He said, I know by faith that God is providing full. Now I'm just gonna say, I didn't know that was a word, uh, but Brandon did. God is providing full because he dropped manna for Moses and the people and he gave my dad a job. Paul said that I know by faith that God is caring because he made the blind man see and he made me catch a very fast line drive that could have hurt me. (laughs) In fact, I think he sent an angel down that day. There's another guy named Jeremy, not me. He said, I believe by faith that God is merciful because my brother has been nice to me for a year. Another one said, uh, I believe that by faith that God is faithful because the school bill came and my mom didn't know how we were going to pay for it. Two minutes later, my dad called and he had just gotten a bonus check and my mom cried. There was one other kid that said, by faith, I believe that God is sweet because he gave me a dog. No manipulation to the parents there. This is the kid's report. It's because he gave me a dog. God tells me not to do things that are bad and so I needed someone like that. The dog, apparently. Kids, man, they have some insights, don't they? Uh, When you think about it, a question for you would be, by faith, I believe that God is, and what would you fill in the blank with? Possibly you would draw something from your experience, and that's perfectly fair. These kids did. And that you would see that in your circumstances, there's a way that God worked. There's a way that God revealed himself to you. Maybe something that you knew in your head because you had read scripture, and you hear these words about God, But because of some circumstances that you were going through, you experienced that of God. Psalm 23 is a lot like that. Psalm 23 is written by David, and this doesn't surprise you. It comes after Psalm 22, uh, where if you remember, the crucifixion of Jesus is described. And this morning, I wanna hold those two Psalms together because I think we understand something of what David is trying to say in Psalm 23 about what's being said in Psalm 22. In Psalm 22, when it's describing the crucifixion of Jesus, and this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was crucified, it says in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Just like what Jesus said on the cross. It says in Psalm 22, 6, I'm despised by people. In Psalm 22, 7, they hurl insults at me. In Psalm 22, 14, I'm poured out like water. My bones are out of joint. In Psalm 22:16, they pierce my hands and they pierce my feet. In Psalm 22:18, they divide my clothes and they cast lots for my garments. And in Psalm 22:19, he says, "Come quickly and help me." When you see what's going on in Psalm 22, you can see why Old Testament scholars say this was a precursor. It was telling you what was God what God was going to be doing with Jesus on the cross. In the ancient world, as we look at Psalm 23, uh, the king was called the shepherd of his people. A shepherd is one that guides. 
A shepherd is one that provides, well, not just direction for the people, but presence for the people. In Psalm 23, it notes that God is David's. He says he is my shepherd, which means that God was taking care of the king that was taking care of the people. So David is both a sheep and a shepherd when you think about it. God is doing something for him. And when David prospered, that meant that Israel was going to prosper. That means that Israel had every interest in David prospering because his prospering was their prospering. And it's interesting that in that time, being a shepherd was one of the lowest jobs. Nobody wanted it. In a family, if they had sheep, the youngest would take care of them. None of the older brothers wanted to do it. And you probably remember this if you've read, for example, uh, the anointing of David when Samuel is going to find who the next king is going to be because Saul, frankly, wasn't fit in the bill. He finds David, right? And what was David doing? Well, he couldn't find him, actually. He goes into the home and he says, no, these aren't the boys. There's somebody else here. And David was out in the field. And who was he taking care of? David was taking care of the sheep. So a psalm that is written by David about sheep comes from a person that took care of sheep, a guy that probably knew a little bit about sheep. Now, let's be fair today. Sheep are not the brightest creatures on earth. Is that fair? They're just, their biscuits aren't all cooked, as the old saying goes. There are times when a sheep will literally walk in circles, and the other sheep will start following that sheep around, and they're literally just walking in circles together. What are they doing? That's it. They don't even know what they're doing. There was a video that went viral that gives proof to the fact that sheep aren't all that bright, and I want you to take a look at it. Have you seen this one? So he's fallen into a crevice, and you have this boy that's there to help this sheep out, and there it goes, free, and bang. (laughs) Now, if you didn't catch it, we'll do this in slow motion for you here in just a second, but that thing is lodged right back in there, right? Isn't that awesome? Here we go, slow-mo, because I wanted you to catch it, and gadoosh. (laughs) I love that clip. That describes sheep. Here's the interesting thing, friends. Scripture describes us as sheep. And when you think about it, you go, I'm kind of offended today. And especially after watching that video, right? Free, and then boom, right back in. You have to wonder what the shepherds are sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me. How dumb are these things? Well, I showed the clip for a reason. In Psalm 23, really what it wants is it wants us to know something about God. It wants us to know something about ourselves, and it wants us to know something about God. I mean, after all, spiritually speaking, probably all of you have had moments like that sheep that we just showed, that you find yourself in a crevice and somewhat stuck, maybe because you chose to jump there. And then by an act of mercy, you're freed by what it is, and then often you go do the exact same thing. People that are around you are looking at you going, you know what? I don't think they're the smartest person in the world. Is that fair? And here's the thing. We've all done it. We've all done it. Here's what, here's what Psalm, Psalm 23 says. The Lord is my shepherd, and the name that we get today is Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. Now, I want you to stop for just a second. There's a guy named Philip Keller, and Philip Keller worked as a shepherd for eight years, and he wrote a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's something that I would encourage you maybe to go read sometime. When sheep lie down, he said, it's because they are safe and because they are satisfied. If they're not safe, they're not going to lie down. And if they're not satisfied, 
They're not gonna lie down. Let me quote him. He said, it's almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they're just kind of shy, they refuse to lie down unless they are free from all fear. Because of their social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they're free from friction of others of their own kind. That's interesting. If tormented by flies and parasites, sheep are not going to lie down. Only when free from these pests can they relax. And lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food because they must be free from hunger. Sheep, they're some work, aren't they? I have all these things, all these needs that just got to get met. And until then, I'm just going to be persnickety and finicky. That's the way that sheep are and not bright on top of it, right? But God does all of these things. Did you notice? He's my shepherd. He is the one that lets me lie down in green pastures. Why? It's because he's given me peace. He lets me lie down. And he leads me beside quiet waters. See, the water is tricky. I mean, finding a green pasture, go over to Israel sometime, finding a green pasture is not easy. In Israel, the only time pastures are green like this is usually in late winter or in the spring. So the psalm is trying to picture that time. A time when there's a renewal of life, but then connect it to the shepherd that provides you that experience. In fact, it even goes on in verse three, he renews my life. He leads me along right paths for his name's sake. He renews me, renews or restores. It means to bring or to turn back. Literally, like the sheep that I showed in the video, to pull you up and to put you on a different plane, to put you on a different path, to put you on a different direction. He guides me. It says in, you could turn, rightness. So I've been on the path of wrongness and the shepherd says, here's the right path. And he picks me up and he puts me back on it. What this means is he doesn't just meet your spiritual needs. He meets your directional needs too. For some of us, spiritually speaking, we're not exactly sure where to go. He shows us the path to go. He's not trying to leave us in a place of wondering where we're supposed to be. But as a shepherd, he says, follow me, follow me. The catch though is, is you don't even have to understand why the shepherd is going the place that the shepherd is going. The shepherd here is good, he's good. And so we can trust even in that, even if the shepherd isn't telling us every place that he's mapped out for us on the next part of our journey. You just know that the shepherd is a good one. Friends, nowhere do we need to trust him more, if we're gonna be honest, than when we're facing what might be our darkest valley. Nowhere do we need to trust the shepherd more. No time, no place. And you see in verse four, even when I go through the darkest valley, even when, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Imagine a sheep saying that. For you're with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. James Johnson was giving some thoughts about the 23rd Psalm. He said, as shepherds lead sheep to find food and water, they sometimes pass through deep and rugged wadies. Think like crevices, ravines. The air at the bottom is heavy from the heat of the day. And like canyons, they are dark because the cliffs literally block out the sun. The whole flock has to stay together while they're climbing boulders. If a flash flood hits, they can be washed away because there's nowhere else to go. So here they are walking in a, in a ravine or a crevice that is so dark, it's like a darkness you can put your hand in front of you and you still can't see. Have you ever been there before? 
but this whole herd is walking together. And it's the shepherd that took them there. They didn't go there on their own. The shepherd takes them there. And even though I'm there, the 23rd Psalm says, it's good. It's good because you're with me. You're actually there. See, worse, it's not just that it's rocks. Did you know that even down in the crevices, there are predators? Predators that are hiding in the rocks. They're ready to attack. And even with that, what we have to remember is that one of the greatest problems in the valley is fear. One of the greatest problems that you will have in a valley is fear. But as we looked at the 22nd Psalm before, we did this for a reason. is because Jesus traveled through a valley of the shadow of death and he came out victorious on the other side. And that's why I coupled these two Psalms together. It doesn't mean that the valley isn't going to be difficult. It means that there's a way of understanding the valley that we're going through. There's a famous pastor some years ago named Donald Gray Barnhouse. Donald Gray Barnhouse um, officiated the funeral of his wife. If you can imagine that. I, I can't imagine it. I'm not sure I could do it, but he did. And as he was driving to the funeral, he had his kids in the car. And he was trying to find out some words because he was struggling, as he should and would. He was trying to find the words still that he was going to say to a crowd that was going to be showing up very soon. So here he was in the middle of grief, but there he was as a pastor. Notice he's both kind of a sheep and a shepherd, isn't he, in a way? And his kids are in the car, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know that I have the words. But as they're sitting on the road, they kind of come up to a red light, and they stop, and an 18-wheeler pulls up beside them. And when it did, it cast a shadow over the whole car. And he had this moment because it just hits him then. And he asked this question to his kids. He said, kids, would you rather be run over by an 18-wheeler or would you rather be run over by its shadow? And they said, we'd rather be run over by the shadow. And he said, right, but why is that? And he said, because a shadow can't hurt you. A shadow can't hurt you. Even though I go through the darkest valley I fear no danger for you're with me. You're with me. And that's what he had to say about his wife. Because he said, yeah, she faced death, but death was a shadow. It actually didn't hurt her because God was with her through it. His rod and his staff, they're a comfort to us. I mean, it reminds us, the shepherd is prepared for the road. Prepared for the road. Whatever road you're on, the shepherd is prepared for it. Because he's near, the sheep are safe. He has a walking stick with a crook. You know, when they would fall down, like the, in the video, they would reach down with a crook and literally pull the sheep up out that's stuck. They have this, basically this rod that would be a short rod that would be hooked to the hem of their garment that as a predator would come out of the rocks, they would pull that thing out and fight. Fight for the sheep. The shepherd was ready and he's ready for you. And even more, Beyond the dark valley, you see this in verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepared it. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite food to eat? Now, that, you can answer that one out loud. That's perfectly fine. What is your favorite food to eat? Brisket. I heard brisket very clearly. I hear pizza over here. Anybody, any other takers? Okay. I'm trying to get the restaurants ready for you people when we dismiss. 
right? All right, now probably all of you, when I said, what's your favorite food to eat? You might have had something immediately come up. You know, like it's your go-to, right? It never disappoints you. For others of you, you're sitting there thinking of a whole range of possibilities of what you would eat and say, oh my gosh, it could be ribs, it could be steak, or ribs or steak. <laughs> all right, I'm letting you in my world a little bit. You get the idea. What's your favorite food to eat? Notice what it says about the shepherd is he is preparing a table for us. He's cooking the snacks for us. And we're eating together in the presence of our enemies. That just blows me away. On the one hand, what this means is that Jehovah invites us to eat at his table, not mine, his table. And he invites me as a friend this is a place of honor. We don't deserve to be at that table. But he says, I invite you to come and to eat with me as a friend. See, God will honor Jesus in the presence of his enemies as well. Remember Psalm 22 mentioned that. My enemies, they surround me. Those that mocked him saying, oh, he trusts in the Lord. Well, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him. And 23rd Psalm says, oh, he will. And he's gonna have a place of privilege at my table. See, it's not just about the food, even though you all had great ideas. It's not about the food. In the Old Testament, to eat at someone's table made a bond of loyalty and fellowship. We are each other's people. That's what it meant. But it also could mean the final act of sealing a covenant with each other. Some of you have sealed a covenant before. You have. You got married. You sealed a covenant. You made, you made vows before God. You made vows before a crowd. Most importantly, I mean, you were making vows to each other before God and a crowd. And you sealed a covenant, didn't you? And when you did, you took something like a ring and you put it on a finger. And this became a symbol of some words that you spoke one day that were the guiding words for what you would do for the rest of your life together. This is who I'm going to be for you. This is the man I'm going to be for you. This is the woman I'm going to be for you. You sealed a covenant. Notice in this, you could be gathering at the table with Jehovah, sealing a covenant. Talking about a kind of experience that without Jehovah you would have never had before. And what he says here is, it is an eternal covenant. You will be one day welcomed into a place, one day, that you could have never asked or imagined how magnificent it would have been. Notice that he doesn't call the sheep dumb, to be fair. Did you ever see this in the 23rd Psalm? Those dummies. Bottom line is, that's just what we know about sheep, right? In the 23rd Psalm, he never calls them dumb. And he never calls them a burden. Did you catch that? Never. He calls them friends. And as a result, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. He's pursuing you all the days of your life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, for as many places as I've stayed in over the world, I'm just gonna be honest with you, nothing feels like being at home. Nothing. And I've been a lot of places. Nothing feels like home. When I go on a mission trip, I can be gone for two or three days and I can feel the distance. I can feel the distance from Wendy. I can feel the distance from my girls. I feel it. Um, there is nothing like being at home. And let's be honest, uh, it's the people that make the home. Is that fair? 
It is the people that make the home. Take the people out of a house, it becomes a building. And what this 23rd Psalm is trying to say, I will dwell in the house of where? The Lord. It's the people that are in the home. It's the Lord who's in the home. And all the people that are with the Lord in the home. I get to dwell in that space. And I get to do it forever. That is an amazing promise. So I've talked a lot about sheep. There was actually another clip I wanted to show you. I'm a clip kind of guy today. But I love this one. Um, There was a guy who's a shepherd. And he was trying to train people how to call sheep so that they would respond. I'm not going to say too much because I actually want you to, to watch it. So if you could play it for me, that'd be great. One more time. reasons that I showed that to you is so that you would learn how to call sheep. I'm kidding. Did you notice that you had a couple that tried? There were several that tried and the sheep were absolutely not responding at all, right? But the reason I showed the clip is because it just came over my head. As you think of the 23rd Psalm and then jump over to John chapter 10. Jesus taught that he's our shepherd in verses 11 through 15. But he goes on to say this, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I know my own, and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Today, we celebrate Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. Consider all the great things that he has done for you today, even, even if you're walking through a valley of deep darkness. He has been with you. His rod and his staff are there. They comfort you. He's never not been with you. That's the God that we worship.
We hope you have enjoyed the podcast. For more information about our church, visit www.woodridge.org.